Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Shadows. I'm Stuart Best. Where the paranormal is normal. Where that which you thought you knew, you didn't. And where the future can be known, if you know exactly where to look. Well, good evening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We've got John and Larry on the phone here for another paranormal roundtable. And uh, all kinds of things are going on all over the world. Most of it not good, let's put it that way. Hi, John. Are you with us? Hey, good evening. And Larry. I'm here, Stuart. Okay. Uh, Before we get rolling, I just wanted to thank everybody again for their prayers for support of protection. And uh, it's uh, very heartwarming to uh, get that for Patty and I. And uh, I'll tell you what, there are people out there that don't like us very much, (laughs) don't like Larry very much. (laughs) Oh, well, maybe it's a badge. I don't know. Uh, The New World Order just cannot stand the truth, never have been able to stand the truth, don't want the truth. They've chosen, uh, evidently, eternal hellfire if they don't repent. And I guess that's their choice. They're mostly adults, and uh, they can choose whatever they want to choose. It's kind of a free world out there for people with a mind that works, so you can choose whichever way you want to go. Anyway, again, I just wanted to thank everyone. Uh, Larry, how are you doing? And um, I suppose we should talk about John's new book. It'll be out when? Another month, maybe, John? I'm hoping less than a month. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, my proofreaders love it. So, um, But I sent in the manuscript to Francesca, and uh, we were looking at discussing. I was like, "Wow, that's significantly smaller than the other two books." And she said, "Yeah, can you? You got something you're going to add?" And I said, "Well, yeah, I, I um She said, I, "I'm uh, growing as a writer. I'm being able to t- tell the same story without with fewer words." So she says it's a normal progression. And you know, if the mm-hmm. book was a standalone novel. It'd be perfect, she said. But so I'm adding a few more words into it, a couple more scenes, and. Hope to have it back to her by Monday, and they'll start rocking and rolling on it. So it won't be long. Great. Yeah. Uh, Larry, what do you got you want to bring up first? I know this is all paranormal night. There's a lot of stuff going on. Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I got a challenge this last week. Uh, you know, uh, me and you and John had been, had been on and talking about John, and matter of fact, I'd posted a picture of John and uh, David Wilbanks at a recent co-book signing that they did, which was really, really, really good. And uh, I got a challenge from somebody that said, uh, well, I want to challenge you to read a, a book out by, and I, and I know both of you guys probably know Frank Peretti. You know, he's the one that wrote the original series of uh Spooky books, if you will, the Christian books, mm-hmm. and yeah, I like anyway, writing a lot. Yeah, and, Sorry, and anyway, now, you may have read it, John, but it's a new, it's a book out 
that in, I believe it was 2011, called Monster. And it's about a cryptid, a Bigfoot, and goes yes, into... Yes, I have. Yeah, to, what's that like? You want to describe it? I, have, I haven't read it, but I it's became a, it's aware a of it. Little, it's a little bit like Relic, but I don't want to spoil the mess. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to insert any spoilers on another author, but it's a very good book. Um, I, I, I would recommend it. Um, it's a lot like Relics. It's kind of a cross between Relics and Relics too, but in another direction. But yes, it, it, it's worth it's worth a read. It's an excellent book. Mm. And I read that just as we moved up here, I believe. So um, yeah, I just happened to see it. I like I read some of his other books, and I really like him as an author. And I just happened to see Monster, and I'd already published mine, you know, and I think it came out before, but I'd never seen this. Pulled it off the shelf, looked at it, and said, well, I'm buying that one, and uh, I wasn't disappointed. It's a very good book. Yeah. Well, Larry, what else do you want to – where do we want to start? There's well, a lot I, going since, on out there. Since we started a little bit with uh, Monsters, if you will, uh, it's very intriguing – there does seem, and as a matter of fact, I'll mention again that the Bigfoot Museum in Tallahena, we recently had a uh, co-book signing, and both of them were Oklahoma authors, uh, John Van Deventer and uh, David Wilbanks, and and uh, John's got the Relic series and, of course, the youth book out, and uh, David had written one he called The Shampy, which is a very intriguing book. It's about a, and I don't want to be a spoiler, but anybody can get it on Amazon, uh it's really a good book. It's about a rogue. Uh, you know, one of these things goes rogue. And uh, with that being said, then David also recently put out, if you've read my blog, you know that, um, the Kaimishi Bigfoot and the investigations into this part of Oklahoma and Bigfoot activity. So with that being said, it seems like uh, both guys, we're, we're seeing more and more um I guess you could say sightings. Uh, I've seen a lot of people lately been, you know, punching in sightings, sending them in emails or text or, or different formats. And, and uh, it seems like, all as, as John said, surprisingly all over this country. Yeah, it is. I know Wisconsin has a lot of very unusual sightings. In fact, there's a lady, I think she's written about five books on it. And... Uh, uh, anywhere from Dogman to Mothman to uh, uh, just weird, weird wolf-type creatures walking on uh, on on their hind feet, very muscular. Some of them are as much as seven, eight feet tall. There's one incident where the some kids were out on a walk and they just barely escaped it. It chased them, and uh, they got away. Now. What people want to make of this stuff, all I can tell you is we're going to see more and more paranormal activity as the veils thin. And uh, people are seeing, and have been actually for a long time, uh, weird sightings, and uh, particularly on the UFO front. So, John, what have you got you want to start with? Well, it's a funny thing. You just mentioned UFOs. Um, a couple of weeks ago, one of my sons had gone to uh, Arizona on vacation. I think I sent you the photo, Larry. 
Yeah. And um, there, it's monsoon season there. He was out in Tucson, and there was a cloud coming, and he caught a lightning bolt and didn't think nothing of it. And uh, then he got home back to Texas, and he started looking at it. Well, there's a triangle, triangular UFO up in the top left of the cloud he took a picture of. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> and he says, is that what I think it is? I said, well, it looks like it to me. I, I sent it to Larry and a few other people, um, you know, trying to get some, uh, hey, what are we looking at here? Does this look like a UFO or am I just seeing something? And no, so far everybody's agreed or think it's a triangle UFO. Well, you know, there's a and, lot of those. Yep, go ahead. Jeff. Yeah. Oh, nothing important. It's just I was just kind of coming in on Larry's coattails. Yeah, there's a lot of reports of cryptids, a lot of reports of UFOs. UFOs are going through the roof right now. Um, and, you know, I just have, because of trying to get this book out, I just have not had time to dig into the stuff as I would like to. And, um, <laughs> like I said, I turned a manuscript in last Monday and then looking at it with my Publisher decided, no, I need to tweak this a little bit. So I'm back on the treadmill, and, and I haven't got to – I was just getting ready to, like, okay, I want to start looking into some of these videos I've saved and this and that. Well, going to have to wait another three or four days. Yeah, yeah. There, there is so much going on now. And a lot of these UFO triangular type uh, – you have to kind of ask the question, is it ours or is it theirs? Or is it Memorex, you know, um, Project Bluebeam projections? And uh, there, if you go back into times past, there are records of triangular-shaped uh, UFO-type activity. And so it makes you wonder, did, when we backwards our TR-3Bs, and there are a number of different versions of the TR-3B, uh, when they backwards engineered that, where did they backwards engineer it from? That they would pick up, pick up that kind of a design, which is not German. And it's, uh, the Germans had, uh, in World War II, the Third Reich, had flying wing aircraft, kind of like our B-1 bombers, I think. In fact, they stole that design, more or less, from the uh, Nazis and their uh, flying wings, what they call them. So it makes you wonder. That was the Horton 229, the flying wing they had. And uh, it evidently performed very well. I have some videos of it. And uh, we tried a couple of uh, triangular, not triangular, but flying wings uh, some time ago ourselves, and then we kind of shelved it. Then along comes, of course, uh, the uh, B-1 bomber. So they must have revived some of the engineering on that. But, again, you have to ask the question, where are they getting some of this very high technology from? And who's providing it to them? And uh, so it does make you wonder, what do you guys think about that? Well, it's kind of interesting when you watch uh, Dr. Michael Sala and some of his whistleblowers who Barry Rothman is following real close onto this Bisaggio guy and says that uh, his codes are actually showing that some of the, you know, this information is actually accurate. And so he's following that along with time travel, experiments, et cetera. 
but uh, it, it's it's really interesting. Uh, Dr. Michael Sala and his information uh, seems to indicate that there is some type of, I best I could call it maybe a coalition of uh, ETs or or you know beings mm-hmm. entities that are. Uh, sharing information and but the odd thing is and i've read it and seen it in some of his uh i think his latest book or the one before the latest one talked about the tr3b's that america has and says that china has a similar version it's different it's a little different and it does different things but uh there is a tr3b that the u.s has china has a different version and they say Russia supposedly now uh, has some type of uh, craft similar. I don't know what you call them, but, uh, you know, it, it's interesting that all of the, uh, what would you call them, power nations uh, seem to have mm-hmm. contacts. And, and then at the same time, we get this information that when Netanyahu was in office, you know, he actually met with some ETs, and they shared information, and... Uh, well, it's just interesting. It, 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 you know, I know the uh, Germans seem to have come out with a lot of this data first, but it seems like some of the other nations have caught up. Yeah, yep, I think so. What do you think, John? Well, you know, I have to. I always have to wonder, um, and I've even brought this up in my my last relics book. You know, there was a Roswell type incident in the Black Forest in Germany. Um, mm-hmm. uh, looking back, I think it was 34, 33 or 34, and they took a big technological leap right after that. Um, and then a lot of people aren't aware of the – we had a similar thing happen in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, 1940 or 41, before we were in the war. And, uh, you know, as we started the war – our aircraft were capable, you know, like the old P-40s and, um, mm-hmm. well, the P-39 was, you know, it was a hard fight. Now, P-39 operated well for the Russians because it was all low level, but our ma- basic fighters were the P-40, P-39, and the Navy, F- Navy Marine Corps F-4F, and they were all outclassed by the Axis planes. And then all of a sudden, we just started building dominating aircraft, and I can't help but wonder if we didn't pick a little something up you know, out of what happened at Cape Girardeau. Plus, you know, we were able to go on and produce the atomic bomb, and it's just almost like it was almost like the the second crash canceled out whatever advantages the Germans had. Mm-hmm. Only, you know, only because we were able to get into Europe and get get Germany out of the fight. But uh, could you imagine how devastating it would have been if Germany? Um, Got the new, got the atomic bomb built before we did, or before the war was over. And I just have to wonder because you know Russia and Britain, and this is knocking either country, but they didn't, they didn't have the technological ability of uh, America and Germany, and neither did Japan or Italy for the action side. So it makes you curious. Did we get technology out of those two crashes, both countries? Or it makes me curious. Well, I, I, it is curious because I, I believe the hand of the Lord is involved in all of this. And he's got an agenda, he says, and I'm going to make that agenda happen. And uh, so if America was supposed to rise up, as it is, 
in the last days to become one of the most evil of all nations. Uh, maybe that's why America won the war. Because, like you just said, or Larry did, uh, what would it be like now if we were truly under the Third Reich and they had won the war totally? We would all be Nazis or eliminated, I guess, one or the other. And uh, so it, if you stand back and look at history, you can see the guiding hand of the Lord in all of this. And this is what people fail to uh, recognize is the uh, God factor. And uh, the God factor is hard at work right now, actually, as America goes under judgment. And uh, so, you know, the Lord has his agenda. And uh, the United Nations is not going to turn it back, and neither is Antichrist. In fact, that's all part of God's agenda. And so all of this that you read in biblical prophecies is how the Lord is actually operating through the human uh, humanity to bring about the final end result of what he wants. And that is, of course, uh, found in Psalm 2. I will yet set my king upon the holy mountain. And uh, so, yeah, it's fascinating how to, how all these little twists and turns are occurring. And right now, of course, I believe we're on the verge of uh, World War III. That's what Ukraine really is all about, which we can get into here a little bit. I, I don't remember if I read part of this to you, but I'd like a comment even if I did on the last show we did. Perils, woes, disasters, devastations, desolations, and the sign of the end. The devil comes down to you in another skin, in another form. He appears before you saying, let us shake hands and let us be friends. He will call himself brother, savior, friend and many will receive him and be deceived by him many will believe the lying words and wonders he causes to multiply and populate all corners of the earth but he is not from me saith the lord so here what do you think about that i mean obviously this is talking about the arrival which fits right into all these sightings that everybody's having. You mentioned, John, the UFOs are just accelerating all over the place, and that's usually a sign that Israel is about to undergo major warfare and a major change. What do you think? Well, um, what was it today I read about Israel? They they received, uh, was it five or six... uh, have five or, uh, had no blemish five yes five and they're looking at that design they're going to start on the uh they're going to start on the uh temple yep. um yep. i don't know uh but i mean things are pointing that direction um and like you said uh you know everything that plays out that's why you know people i i try to maintain a, an even keel with everything that's going on because we're getting bombarded with stuff from this side and that side and center. And we all have to just remind ourselves what's going to happen is going to happen. It's we're told it's nothing to worry about. It's nothing we can do anything about, you know, um, 
we're sliding into that, you know, that end game. And um, God's going to do what God's going to do. And there's really just no sense in, in worrying about it. I know a lot of people are scared and um, worrying all the time and upset. And honestly, there are times I, I will go weak and not even look at a, any kind of news broadcast because anything I pull up, you know, it's it's just sensationalized. And, you know, it's like they're, they're just doing everything they can to keep everybody whipped into a frenzy. And mm-hmm. um, it's just, it, it serves them, but it doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve anybody to be getting caught up in all that. Um, you know, and then, you know, people will question me or, or uh, about, well, you know, you believe in Bigfoot and you believe in UFOs. How smart can you be? And, well, you know, I, yeah, I believe in what I've seen. Um, I'm not a, you know, I'm not an expert on either subject. I do, I do uh, monitor what's going on a lot. Now I've written a couple of books about it, but, um, you know, things are what they are. And um, I've seen a lot of people that believe one way and all it takes is three or four seconds and your whole reality changes. And I thought I got something yesterday from the Bible that I put in this last book um, because one character is asking another one about about these aliens and these uh, fallen angels and this and that. And, and uh, it, it, it's Sam, and he says, well, how come I can't find this in the Bible? And the uh, reply he gets is, Bible is Holy Scripture, the story of the relationship between our God and his people. That is the purpose it serves. And it says in Proverbs 25, 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out the matter is the glory of kings. And I think that's it exactly. Um, you know, God's not going to reveal what he doesn't want revealed. And when it's time, he'll reveal it. Until that time, you know, we have the, uh, we have the honor of searching. We might find the right answers. We might not. But... Um, I'm sorry I'm dragging on here. I just think this is all in God's hands. You know, I, I mean, yeah, I want to I want to live tomorrow just like everybody else, but I'm just I'm just not going to get on that panic wagon, you know. It, I feel it's coming. Most people feel it's coming. And it's going to get here when it gets here, when he deems it time for the arrival. So, okay, I'll let you go, Larry. Sorry, brother. <laughs> Well, what, what you read, Stuart, was really interesting. It reminded me a little bit of how, uh, I don't know who sent that to you or how you got it, but it reminded me a lot of uh, Noah's and the way she would talk and share. And, of course, a lot of people don't, you know, put any trust in Noah's, but, of course, we knew Red Elk, and Red Elk knew her and said she was okay, even though she admits Antichrist. I mean, it was she didn't hide anything. No, but, she didn't. Uh, but the interesting thing is the part about him coming down in another skin, uh, you know, that's kind of what Jesus did, basically. Um, you know, he came down in the flesh, you know, inhabited yes. flesh. And uh, I don't know. This is this is a really interesting scenario, you know. We, and over the years, you and I both, Stuart, have talked about, you know, we've always occasionally brought up the Antichrist and, and we've talked to people like Stan Dale and, and, and a number of people that have had their ideas and their research about the Antichrist. And, and oddly enough, we recently saw uh, Charles 
become, well, almost declared himself king, actually. Uh, it happened that quick. And, uh, you know, that's one of those that was in that line of people. You know, the people have said Obama. People have said, uh, said uh, uh, oh, uh, MBS, you know, over in Saudi Arabia. Uh, mm-hmm. But Charles also was there. And, you know, he, he doesn't look like one, but that don't mean nothing. That could change overnight. Uh, what do you think, Stuart, with the way things are working out? You had some data you ran or checked into on the queen that died, and then his quick rise. Uh, what do you think? Well, he is uh, in league with the World Economic Forum, and that's very, very dangerous. And he is all for the Great Reset, which is also extremely dangerous because it's going to decimate the American people when it occurs and it's all lining up. The queen ruled for 70 years. If you go into the Schmitter cycles, we're at the end of the 70th year. Uh, 70 is a huge number for the Lord, and seven, of course, is also complete. Everything is completed. We're seeing 777 all over the place. There has to be an end to the church age. As Larry has said a number of times, uh, there's a transition But there is an end to that transition, just like there was when Jesus was crucified. uh, Then it took quite a while for uh, Pentecost to come into being. And, of course, that started the church age. And we are now under the age of grace. And uh, so uh, it's all under the guiding hand of the Lord. But my... um, My take on all that I have researched, all the way back to 1897, all the way through, all the cycles, 10-year, 20, 30, 40, 50, 70, 80-year cycles in Israel's history with key events falling on all the important dates, uh, proves, I think, conclusively that uh, the Lord is operating on the cycle. Like he said, for Noah, I'm gonna, you have 120 years. Well, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be again. And I do peg it on the uh, side of uh, 1897 when the Jewish Congress met and laid down the uh, idea, concept, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, for the development of modern-day Israel. And then in uh, Allenby in 1917, retook Jerusalem without even firing a shot. And uh, that brings you now to a 100-year cycle. What's interesting is all of those cycles ended in 2017. Uh, the Lord said in the fig tree parable that there was going to be a delay of four years. And the reason for the four years, uh, if you go into the parables, was to see if any fruit would be developed, spiritual fruit on the part of not only, I believe, uh, Israel, but the Christian church, which is so apostate you can hardly call it Christian anymore. It's more like a social club entertainment is what it is and uh it's just too bad but uh when trump came into office larry and i've talked about this for a while john when trump came into office remember obama was antichrist to the core he even admitted if push comes to shove i'm siding with the islamics 
because he is an Islamic. But he really came after the Christians in the military, etc., etc., etc. Trump turned all that around. Doesn't matter whether you like Trump, hate Trump, or it really doesn't matter. He was there for four years. And I believe that four years is almost parallel to the fig tree parable four-year delay, which brings us right here, 2022. And uh, there's an awful lot going on in these cycles that people are just totally unaware of. They're not paying any attention to it. And the signs are multiplying greatly. The death of the queen was one of the most important end-time signs that the Lord could ever deliver to us. Um, The number 70 means Israel's restoration. That occurs during Daniel's 70th week. And uh, it's very, very interesting that she has now um, gone, but there is a verse of Scripture, and I don't know if it's true or not, Here's what Jesus said, for as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, for wheresoever the carcass, just one, which this fellow claims that we should really take it seriously, the queen, who is now in London, and there will the eagles be gathered together, world leaders, they're all being gathered together. Uh, I don't know if you all saw the movie uh, London is, Has Fallen. You guys remember yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's more to that than meets the eye. It, it, could it be predictive programming? Well, we hope not. But if it is and we see something happen, somebody just wrote me an email and said, uh, are you aware that in that movie the leaders all arrived in a bus? Well, now we're hearing that that's how they are going to arrive. They're going to be bussed in to this uh, funeral. Now, of course, a lot of the, uh, not all the world leaders are going, obviously. Uh, a lot of people don't like the West very much, I guess one could say politely. Uh, but anyway, there's a lot going on right now. And she's, her funeral is on the, the 19th. Seven days later is Feast of Trumpets, which is a very, very suspicious feast day. So we don't know. We're just going to have to wait, hang on, see what happens next. But the sun is acting up again. Um, It even knocked a bunch of satellites down. What's that deal, Larry? We'll take a little detour here. (laughs) Well, uh, the sun has been acting up, as we we know, the the large... uh this coming week, we should have some large uh, sunspots moved over our way. And by the way, today, I think I sent you one of them. Uh, one of them just occurred not long ago. Uh, there was two M-class flares that were almost X's that come off the sun. And I, was, I could tell it today. I, I could feel it. You know, I, I knew something was going on. But uh, oddly enough, the sun is doing these very strange things that kind of goes along with Ed Dame's kill shot scenario. But while it's doing that, uh, also all the something's happening to all the planets because uh, a lot of the solar flares lately have hit Venus last mm-hmm. week, and Venus seems to be ag- agitated and glowing to some degree. I know the other planets have developed 
auras, I guess is how you pronounce that. And uh, even, you know, I think we've had, supposed to have auras tonight uh, in some places, but the sun is really, really doing, it's doing an anomalous work. Yeah. And, of course, as most people probably know now, if they've read Isaiah, that uh, the moon will give off the light of the sun, and the sun will give off seven times the light it does now, and it scorches men with fire. And uh, so, yeah, we are looking at some strange anomalous behavior before that happens, which appears to be what it is. Anyway, back to our strange uh, arrival with strange flesh, Uh, strange beings strange lights, strange technology flowing among you as the cunning serpent makes his final attack against the seed of the woman. What what do you make of that, Uh, John? You've been digging into this high technology, and we are seeing strange lights. You've seen some strange things. Yeah, I have. And um, I don't know what... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. it. It all comes down to me, as you were talking about earlier, is just the veil is thinning, and we're just moving closer. And um, that there's there's a well, you know, it, I can't say where I've read it, but I've read it more than once. That towards the end times there'll be a, a, an acute increase in paranormal activity, and uh, yes. we're yep. getting it. Um, there's a, I, I've got tons of these videos I want to check out of these, uh, supposed Bigfoot, um, videos and UFO videos. I haven't had a chance to look at any of it, but there are a lot of people getting a lot of footage all of a sudden, you know, and, uh, just some quick, quick ones I've seen. They look pretty damn realistic. You know, you can... Um, I've got a pretty good eye for CGI and and uh, blob squatches and things like that, but um, I've caught some quick glimpses of some pretty interesting stuff. So I think it I think it's just happening. I think we're just getting to that thinning in the veil, and um, uh, there's a lot of people turning away from the Lord and turning to the uh, supernatural. Um, there's a lot of devil worship and people worshiping. Uh, People are worshiping cryptids, you know. Yes. So yes. There's, there's actually out there somewhere um, Bigfoot porn. People, people are just <laughs> losing their mind. <laughs> really, yeah. Well. It's, it's just, you know, it's like the, the, the train's coming off the track, so hold on. Well, the Lord did say he would smite humanity that uh, was against him with insanity. And I guess we're we're sort of watching that happen. It's just, it is amazing. But, you know, the human mind is a wonderful thing, and it uh, it can invent all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> so, Larry, what do you think about this strange light, strange technology? Strange I'm beings. Still, I'm still laughing about Bigfoot porn. I guess I'm not on any of those groups. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I'm not either. It. But no, you'll you'll run across it while you're researching Bigfoot, and I'm like, you got to be kidding. <laughs> well, you it's, know, it's not. To go, go, to go along with that, though, let me mention this because uh, uh, I don't know if you knew him, but. 
I know uh, Stuart knew of him, Patrick Heron from Ireland. You knew him, yes. didn't you, Stuart, or knew well, of him? Yes. Yep. Uh, anyway, I kind of developed a, uh, you know, a kind of relationship with, through email and phone calls and stuff with Patrick. You know, he's, he's deceased now. He's gone. But uh, he lived in Ireland. And the oddest thing that, you know, John brought that up, and, and the oddest thing was that Patrick wrote a book. I can't think of the name of it right off the top of my head this minute, but it was involving a lot of, you know, how Stan Dale will, will find out things from the past because of stellies or jewelry or statues or inscriptions. You know, he's going through all that stuff, and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the Tower of Babel. But Patrick Heron researched... He, what he researched was ancient uh, artifacts and, and art and inscriptions and all of this stuff uh, of, of the ancients before the flood. And he actually had some photographs. He tried to send me his book he wrote, and I, right off the top of my head, maybe somebody can Google it, Patrick Heron, H-E-R-O-N, Ireland book. Uh, but I, don't, I can't do it right now. But uh, the, the thing is... Uh, I, he sent me one of his books, and it was seized by the uh, by the customs. Uh, they wouldn't let his book through. It came from Ireland, and, and it was he was going to send it to me, and I couldn't get it. And the only ones that I could order were adapted books from his book. And the re, and he finally did sneak me one in. And it, the what, it, to go along with what uh, you know what John said about uh, Bigfoot porn, that's not that far off because uh, in the original that I got from Ireland that that, uh, Patrick Heron finally got me, it had images of, and I'm telling you, it had the real stuff. And these these giants looked like horses. They they were, you know, the art showed them being like stallions. and, And, hey, it was there. I mean, it was very visible and big. And, uh, you know, I have to say, you know, that's – it's it's a strange world, and the past is even stranger. And, Stuart, you know, people don't want to dwell on what it was in the past except Ecclesiastes. Remember what it says clearly. What was is now. There's nothing new under the sun. That's right. Hey, if I may qualify um... – I don't think the Bigfoot porn is an actual Bigfoot. I'm pretty sure it's, you know, it's people in costume. But but my point is that's how far gone people are over these subjects. And it is like they're, they're worshiping cryptids. Bigfoot's their God. He's the friendly forest spirit. He's here to save us. And, you know, and it's the same chant you're going to hear when the UFOs arrive. Oh, there are real there are real ancestors that you know Jesus is in that flying saucer and he's here to save us um it's it's all going the same direction uh it's just it's like it's easier right now for people to worship the most bizarre idiotic concepts like worshiping a big hairy ape than it is for them to worship worship their redeemer and worship our God. So um, the world's in a strange place. It really is. Yeah, not only the world, but the people within the world. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's amazing what's going on. This you know, is what, sure. this, yeah, go ahead, Larry. 
<laughs> yeah, I was before we get too far away from the uh, you know what you mentioned earlier. You and John were talking about about how that uh, some of these crash sites or, or purported crash sites maybe was where we obtained some of our backwards engineered stuff we use today. Well, you know, I, I was kind. Of, I'll ask both of you guys what's your opinion. How much of of during technology time of mankind, which the last 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 years, uh, is that involved? And then how much would you apply to what they have dug up from the ancients or found from the ancients? Like when they went to Iraq, and they, my understanding is they got not only plans to for flying machines and, and, and portals and all of this uh, out of there, but also different places, they actually got ancient technology. Yeah, go ahead, John. Well, um, I, I can believe things have been back-engineered. Uh, you know, uh, you probably heard of Bob Lazar, the guy supposedly was at Area 51. He blew the whistle back in yeah. the 80s. And uh, he took, you know, he took a personal beating, his reputation and everything else. Now, as time has passed and I, these things happen, all of a sudden people are like, well, no, this guy is a genius. This guy, you know, did this, did that. And now people are believing him. And um, his, his credit's been reestablished, his credibility. Well, he was talking about there were three of those um, of these uh, UFOs, flying saucers, whatever, and he called the one he was working on the sport model, and he had asked, where did these things come from? And uh, I forget, they said two of them were from some star system, but what I found interesting was the one Lazar was trying to back engineer was found in an archaeological dig. Hmm. So, wow. Larry, that goes right along with what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and and it's interesting, and I don't know if you ever read any of the early books by Stephen Kuntz, but uh, yes, I Stephen did. Kuntz, yeah, he wrote books uh, on, on an archaeological uh, or a dig where they actually uncovered a UFO, and you know, it, it, it's really interesting because he wrote it was a series of three, uh, and, and these seem to one was ancient before the flood, apparently that the first one he found in his first book. I think he called it Saucer. I believe that was the title of the first book. I'll have to look for that. I haven't, I haven't read that one, but I'd love to. Oh, you'll like it. Stephen Kuntz. I think it's uh, Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-C-O-O-N-T-S. It's a funny spelling. Yeah. But he was a, now he's an ex-military guy, and um, his, his first book was about one that was uncovered, and, and uh, in a, they were digging – and uh, this saucer craft, uh, you know, it, it was left there by the ancients and, and covered up for, who knows, you know, thousands and thousands of years. But the second one he, he actually wrote, he goes into the deception. And the, then the third one, uh, it's a little bit of, it, it ties in the moon. And, and it reminded me, Stuart, a little bit of the Nazis. Remember, uh, I can't remember, Iron Sky or something like that? Yes, Iron, Iron Sky, yep. People should watch that. It's a parody. It's a comedy, but there's a lot of truth buried in that comedy. And uh, that was about how the Nazis went to Antarctica 
And then they, because they had anti-gravity, they left. We have anti-gravity. We've had it for a long time, actually. But anyway, they left and went to the moon and established a moon base in the movie. And uh, they, the Fourth Reich, really is what it is, and it's an invasion of the uh, of the world by the Fourth Reich. And I think there is a lot of truth in that. If you go into Project Blue Beam, there is a fake arrival. It's a fake invasion. Even Warner Von Braun told his sidekick, Carol Rosen, that the whole thing is a hoax. It's a fake. Well, it's like everything else that Global Deep State is doing right now. This whole thing. Jesus warned us that in the last days there would be nothing but deception, lies, and, and delusions. And, boy, I think we're here. And you just don't know. I mean, I'm sure all of you guys both know how hard it is to vet some of this stuff that you read about, hear about. And uh, this, this deal, getting off track a little bit with these red heifers, uh, if you didn't see the video of the arrival of them over in Israel, and by the way, folks, that is one of the most huge signs we've had. It just verifies everything else that we are so, so close. And uh, that red heifer is, uh, they can't, they can build, as I understand it, they can build the third temple, but they cannot do their rituals without the ashes of the red heifer. Now, as I understand it, they can only find two hairs on this heifer, and they got five of them uh, that were shipped. Uh, if they find more than two hairs that are not red, it's disqualified. If it has an ear tag punched into its ear, it's disqualified. It's very, very, uh, how do I word it, strict, I guess would be the word as to what this red heifer has to be. The red heifer, for everybody wondering, was a purification thing. They would burn the red heifer outside the camp. That's very, very important. They did it outside the camp, and this they would then mix this with water from a well, and I think that water has to be very strict, and then that was a purification ritual. Well, the red heifer is really just Jesus Christ in symbology. That's all. It's about Jesus Christ. Now, the Jews don't understand that. They don't realize that. That what they're doing with this performance is the same thing Jesus did. It's right there in the book of Hebrews, if they would read it, which they don't because they stuck in the Torah and the Old Testament. In fact, it surprises me. They don't. A lot of times they don't even pay attention to, like, Daniel or uh, Jeremiah or Isaiah or any of those people, if they did, they'd realize that they're being set up. And I mean, it's a perfect setup. But that's something Israel has to go through for the rejection of Messiah. And, of course, they don't believe in Messiah at all, not, not Jesus Christ. They think he's an uh, imposter, a liar. They do not believe anything about what he had to say about anything. So here we go. I mean, there's and the uh, they're laying down a railroad track from the airport over to the temple. 
Now, all of these things are coming to the surface right now. It's just sign after sign after sign. And they're huge signs, really. And I think the Lord's attitude is people don't have any excuse that they didn't know this was coming. But remember, when Jesus came to Israel, they didn't know who he was. They didn't believe the prophecies, evidently. So he came and he went. And uh, anyway, uh, here's another interesting comment from this lady about uh, in your towns and villages, they, these strange entities, will appear in your cities and urban centers. They will even dwell with you, multiply themselves among you, and rage against you as wild beasts until your numbers are depleted and your flesh destroyed. That's kind of harsh wording. Now, she talks about giants as well. Um, Did you see those giant videos, John? I know Larry has. Sitting on or standing on the mountain? Yes, I did see that. And, you know, that's, uh, that's another thing that people are starting to report more and more are mountain giants and um, Alaska, Mexico, and, of course, Afghanistan. So they're yes. everywhere. Have they come out? What do you think, Larry? Are they on, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're called long walkers and probably even more than that. And we've heard the reports over there in the Himalayas and whatnot where the Tibetans claim they have it, they have these giants in stasis. And there's an energy field around them that cannot be penetrated. In fact, you cannot get close to them. It'll kill you, I guess. Remember that, Larry? That was some time ago we heard about that. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, that was, uh, uh, let's see, what was his name? Ernst Muldeshev was his name. He was a Russian researcher that was a friend of Klaus Dona. And he actually went there, and he said what would happen is that uh, you would have a cerebral hemorrhage, you would have a brain stroke. Uh, you know, if you got too close to these things, there was a there was a field you couldn't penetrate, not alive anyway. And uh, he went underground. He was fine. He was prepared under a certain ritual by these uh, uh, I don't know what you call them. The you know the priest or whatever they are there mm-hmm. in the Tibet. And they prepared him a two or three days of cleansing and doing this, that, and the other. And then they took him under there, but he almost died anyway. He said he couldn't take it. But he did He did get close enough to see giants. And some of them looked like, kind of like cone heads a little bit. But they, they were, he said they wasn't dead, but they wasn't alive either. It was like they was in some type of suspended animation of some type. And uh, it, it reminded me, Stuart, of, uh, you remember the that crash, I don't know, I think I've shared with John, uh, viewzone.com has a report on it about the crap, that they, massive crap they found on the moon, and how they found one of the, the entities that they called her Mona Lisa, she was not dead, but she wasn't alive either, and she was in some kind of suit that was like a computer when they got her into their spacecraft to bring her back. Uh, this I saw some of the material this was made out of. It looked like computer 
circuitry and stuff. And this apparently this thing kept her alive for who knows how long. Uh, they did the as the story goes, they did bring Mona Lisa, the entity, back to Earth, and she's still alive today. And uh, there's been multiple reports about that, but uh, Viewzone.com has that report. Yeah, that was Terry, um, Gary Vay, right? Yes, Gary, Gary Vay. Well, he was, yeah, that was Gary Vay's site. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of that stuff. And when I was doing investigating on Tythonia City there on Mars, uh, I did not know that there really was a red, what did they call that? Red, red uh, something. Red Sun. Project Red Sun. Red Project. Sun. Yeah. They they know there's something there. They're up there. I'm, you know, the movie I or documentary I produced on that. I think it's obvious, and they're just trying to shut all that stuff up. Uh, it's all part of the great delusion, great deception. And I wanted to bring one more thing here before my coming. This is Jesus now. This will occur. Strange beings coming in light, wrapped in light. And carrying light shall appear fully and openly to all mankind, speaking to each one in his mother tongue, speaking in strange languages, ancient languages. Uh, You guys have been talking about digging up all this ancient stuff. And here it is. She says ancient languages. You suppose they're going to be speaking to us in ancient Hebrew? Well, let me let me say this, Stuart, um, and I'm going to be careful how to say this. I've talked to you before about it, and John is aware of it. Uh, I, I know somebody that was uh, in the region during the Gulf War, if you will, and was involved with knowledge of where a lot of this material went. Uh, according to that individual, and I won't say who it is at all, I won't identify them, and even I know John knows who I'm talking about, but uh, this individual said that the books, in other words, uh, the the manuscripts and books and and architect type engineering plans and and uh, artifacts and all of this that was brought out, uh, you know, from Babylon basically is the best way to put it. Uh, it, it was taken to places, a place that was prepared. I know where it's at, but I ain't going to say it. And uh, that that this was all in an ancient language, and it's going to take years for them to translate or transcribe all of this uh, ancient languages. And there was tons of it. I mean, literally tons of it. And uh, this came out of Iraq, and it went to a certain location, and that uh, translators were already there waiting on this stuff to arrive. This was pre-planned, Stuart. And my opinion mm-hmm. is, my opinion is, the Gulf War was also pre-planned to obtain this material. It seems like it. I know Dr. Sala said that he thought that's why they were over there. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's what he felt, right? Yeah, you got anything, John? No, that's what I've heard too. That it, um, yeah. that's mainly why they were over there. It wasn't WMDs. It was this ancient um, technology, and you know Gilgamesh's bed and whatever else they were hunting over there. Um, 
Yeah, I, I can't add to it, but I've heard basically the same thing. So and a lot one of, of the things. Stuff, that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just I was just going to say you mentioned Gilgamesh, and of course Gilgamesh is the epic of Gilgamesh uh, leaves uh, one to believe that he actually became something more than human, uh, a god, if you will. And if you remember talking about Nimrod in, in uh, you know, the Tower of Babel, et cetera, and Ur, ancient Ur, uh, Nimrod actually used something to uh, cause himself to be more than human. And from some of the data, and I can't prove it and I can't vet it, but I've been told that they did get supposedly Nimrod's body and Gilgamesh out in some of those sarcophagi that they brought out from underground, there was, I think, uh, I can't remember now, 12, 14, 15, maybe 20 uh, caskets of some giants. Well, it's kind of interesting because, you know, the, uh, the, the government, when somebody digs up a big giant, they usually come there and, and they snatch away the giant. But I've often wondered if this is not for the DNA so that they can recreate these things. Uh, Nimrod was obviously a giant of some sort. If you look at the pictures of him, he's standing up holding a lion. Uh, Same kind of thing with Gilgamesh. In fact, Gilgamesh and and Nimrod might be one of the same. Who knows? Yeah, Uh, I believe they are. uh, So is that true? Go ahead, John. uh, Kind of along these lines, interesting story. Um, I got this from my oldest son, and he, he's no longer with us. But um, when he he served with Fourth ID in Iraq in 2003 to 2004, mm-hmm. and uh, they were going into Tikrit, and for whatever reason, I don't know why, they they picked up some uh, opposition, um, and this was after I believe the surrender, so it would have been an insurgency. And I I don't know if they were clearing the neighborhood, clearing a section of the city or what, but they stopped at night, and they were at a four-way intersection. And Travis was in with a couple other soldiers. There was uh, one guy had a saw, you know, a um, squad automatic weapon, and then mm-hmm. there was three others, Travis, one of them. And, you know, they had the whole fourth ID behind them, you know, not even 100 yards away, but they were at, for that night, he was at the tip of the spear for whatever was going on here. And he said they they were nervous all night. Um, he said it, it wasn't that, that you know, he was in a, in a war situation. He said it was something else. He said we were all, we could all feel this, like, evil presence. And uh, so the next morning they're getting relieved, and one of the officers comes in, and, and, you know, he comes in with some other soldiers. Well, by the time they got in there, it was nearly dark. They didn't look around. They just sat up and guarded where they were told to guard and watch where they were told to watch. And he said they started kicking things around, and um, they found a trap door. Another soldier had just come in, found the trap door. They opened it up, and they went down in there, and there, there was a uh, torture chamber under their feet all night. And he wonders if that's what he was feeling. Um, you know, there's evil. There, there's a lot of evil running around the world, and 
especially there during those days. You know, I guess it's still there. And I know yeah. that's not really along the line of paranormal, but I thought just the way that the soldiers felt and, you know, they were picking up on that vibe. Um, and then to find that the next morning, I thought was pretty interesting. Well, one well, thing one thing that's interesting also, Stuart, is the fact that uh, you're aware of the the term jinn, J-I-N-N, yep. and yep. that is, that actually is a supernatural entity that uh, I guess they you know whether it's fallen angel or just totally demonic or whatever it is, uh, most of the Muslim people are extremely frightened of these things, and they inhabit uh, really. Uh, the area of Iraq and, and and a lot of that, you know, old old uh, what do they call it Persia, uh, that whole area, yeah. you know, had to deal with. Uh, matter of fact, you can tie in in Daniel, uh, you know, that uh, spirit that was over it. Yes. And, and maybe when no, we believe... went in there, we got that spirit over here now, like you were suggesting. Yeah, Larry, some brought time it ago. back. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, of course, that is paranormal. A lot of people just don't believe in that. Yeah, go ahead, John. Well, no, they, I'm sorry, Stuart, stepped on you. I was just going to say, Larry, <laughs> I believe the gin is the uh, is where we got the the tales of the genie in the bottle. I believe that all came forth from the gin. Yeah. Yeah, and they have video of some really weird stuff, these uh, cameras that are, you know, mounted outside for surveillance and stuff. And when they go look, you see these strange entities. So the veil definitely is sending. That's one thing Red Oak pointed out. He said, you have no idea what's on the other side of the veil. And, of course, when we have CERN operating and they're trying to punch a hole and make a veil. In fact, the movie The Mist may be much more truthful than we realize uh, as to what can come through there. We really don't understand time anyway. We don't know what it really is, and we don't know how it works. And, uh, you know, if if uh, if you viewed time as a ribbon and you just take a, a, a little bit of it in the middle and squeeze it and bring two sides together, you've you've actually warped into another another time and uh i just believe that we uh, this is what's going to happen the veil's going to thin and we're going to be seeing what we think now is uh you know the stories all over the world as you guys have pointed out what is going to happen when that veil thins all together and all kinds of things are coming through uh, what is what is humanity going to do? Uh, both of you guys have been speaking about that. Let me, you've heard about missing four one one, right? The oh, book's yeah. written. Uh, he's got one yeah. missing four one one Canada. Uh, anyway, one of the top. Uh, this is something somebody sent. One of the topics I study and listen to on videos are missing people reports. People who enter national parks and just go missing. Well, if that's not paranormal, I don't know what is. I listen to these videos all the time and read data such as 411 Missing. David published the map about these spots that he calls clusters 
around the United States where people go missing. Many of these spots are in national parks and mountain regions, above underground tunnels and bases that are used by aliens and our shadow government military uh, establishments. People will be walking with a group of people, and then one of them simply vanishes out of nowhere. In the blink of an eye, they are gone. It's as if they never were. And there are no trick or tracks, rather, <laughs> in many cases. Dogs can't even pick up the scent. And they don't scream or cry out that they're in danger. They just simply vanish. What do you make of that? Speaking about paranormal, what's going on? Well, you know, when I first ran into his Missing 411 series, Mr. Politis, I just purchased his two uh, Bigfoot books. Hoopa Project and um, Travel Bigfoot because I was beginning to uh, research for the first novel. <laughs> Man, I ca- I came across that missing 411 stuff. Well, immediately I'm I'm writing a Bigfoot story, so my immediate thing is because the first stories were always in the wilderness, and I was like, oh, Bigfoot got them. But you know, then he started coming out with other books, and some of this stuff, some of the cases. It's like, no, that's not Bigfoot. Um, and now I've been seeing some uh, some graphics for, uh, I guess, a, a new movie's coming out or something, but it's showing a triangle-shaped UFO abducting people. But um, it could be anything. It, it, You know, the cases all have a paranormal um, flavor to them because they're so weird and the way that people are disappearing is so weird and when they're where they're found and when they're found and you know like the little girl they found on the uh, little marsh island in the everglades who was like two years old and they had to wade out in waist deep water to get to her and she was perfectly clean the uh the little girl that was ducted back in the 1800s and um Two men, you know, as the rescuers came upon her, they saw something big and hairy leap into the river and was swept away swimming. And she said it was a bear, but, you know, the thing she described it doing, like putting flowers in her hat and stuff, you know, that's something with a posable thumb. Just crazy stories, man, but they're very interesting. The lady that saw a, uh, the bow hunter who saw a predator-like thing, you could see through, but you could see the, the the air rippling and the shape of the thing, but you can still kind of see through it. I don't know. What do you think, Larry? Well, to me, that almost sounds like they were seeing through the veil, and this was in a, possibly even in another dimension looking through and could possibly come through. Uh, it's You know, what's interesting it was uh, I had heard, now this is hearsay, This is not, I don't really can't bet it at all, I had heard that, you know, they were using CERN for some time, but after Iraq, that something involving CERN, right after Iraq, and they got all that stuff out of there, that they, you know, CERN suddenly bumped up and went wild. I mean, they can rock this thing down and shake the world almost. So there was something they obtained that previously they didn't have, and whether it was an ancient artifact or a plan involving portals or, uh, you know, this, and I know people think we're pretty bizarre, and I guess I am pretty bizarre, actually, but uh, <laughs> uh, 
it's very possible that the veil that the veil is more about it could be time. The veil could hide time, and it could also uh, hide uh, dimension. You know, it just depends uh, which one it is. But you know, up here where I live, and this is the area John lives in now too. Uh, if you'll remember, Stuart, we had two women on. Uh, you interviewed them on the show, yes. I think. Yeah, yep, and we did. Uh, they, they, yeah, they clearly said that they saw dinosaurs. Clearly looked at them, but they never saw the prints. So it, it does make you wonder. Well, we well, had you know, Larry, been a, Yeah, go ahead, John. I, I'm sorry, I did it again. I thought I tried to rush in there. <laughs> but, you know, Larry, when we moved up here. We had a lot of strange things happen, and, um, you know, it was funny because I used the line in the second book about what did you do, move us to Transylvania, because at times that's what it felt like in this house. <laughs> so, um, the stuff going on inside inside the uh, carport, the stuff going on on the property, the stuff going on in the sky. But you remember, what, maybe six months ago or so, longer you were over here, Larry, and you and you did a cleansing prayer over the property. Yeah. You know, nothing's happened since then. Well, and I just uh, you know, it was like just boom, everything stopped. Well, prayer works. I mean, yes, that, prayer is supernatural too. Absolutely, it is. Uh, I had a good demonstration of that. That people should remember out west. These uh, this couple had a machine that they had gotten from Germany, and they don't want to know anything about your medical history or anything. And they scan you with this machine, and it tells you everything you've got that's kind of foreign. And so they demonstrated a plate of food and scanned it, and it showed the result. And then they prayed over it, changed the whole meal. That's why the Lord said, you know, pray over your meals. You don't have to necessarily pray out loud, although it's probably wise to do so. But it will change, uh, it changes the thing. And so the prayer yeah. should be change it to suit our DNA, our structure, and change it, Lord. Bless this food, that's, but, you know, change it. What, what's your comment there, John? Yeah, that's a plus, and that's a good thing. And I just wanted to mention real quick, because I'd like John's opinion here, too. Uh, when, If you'll remember in uh, L.A. Marzulli's earlier watch, watch, uh, Watcher series that he did with, uh, you know, the doctor that mm-hmm. had the implants, there was one guy that had an implant, and they went there to take it out, but it kept moving. It would not be still. It kept hiding, and uh, even it would even hide from the uh, the MRI, the the CAT scan, the X-rays. They couldn't find it. And Elliot Marzuli and Richard Shaw, the friend of mine, he's passed away now, but he was there and he shared it with me too. Uh, he said when L.A. Marzulli prayed over that implant and the area around the implant and commanded it to be still in Jesus' name, that it couldn't hide anymore, and they zeroed in on it and took it out. So prayer works even that way. Yeah. You know, I remember, hearing, I remember hearing L.A. tell that story, and he said the doctor was not a Christian, and he actually said, look, I'm going to ask you to let me pray, do a short prayer, 
and he did the prayer, and then bang, the thing was right where it was supposed to be, it was right where they identified it, you know, when they first discovered it a couple of days before, and they were able to get it out, and he said the doctor was wide-eyed, you know, that he just prayed, and, it, and you know, it took care of the situation. Yeah, the power of prayer. I mean, uh, I've been involved in a couple of instances of poltergeist activity. And all you got to do, folks, when things start flying around your room or you're hearing all these strange sounds but there's nothing there, uh, poltergeist activity can take place in any number of ways. But a, a, a simple prayer that you bind up these spirits and, and uh, send them wherever Jesus wants them sent. And it'll quit almost immediately. It just stops. The power of prayer is something that I think we're all guilty of not, you know, doing it often enough. Uh, We put up probably with a lot of uh, stuff we don't need to put up with at all in the harassment field of things. And Christians are being harassed. We're getting reports all the time of, of Christians being harassed. And it's too bad that we don't just invoke the power that the Lord has given to all people, uh, really. Uh, It's amazing what happens, and it's amazing how it stirs up hatred in the entities you're praying against. This is all real, folks. I know you probably a lot of people are rolling their eyes, and I'm, you know, skeptics. You won't be a skeptic for much longer. I absolutely guarantee with 100% accuracy You will not be a skeptic much longer. This is all going to come out into the open. We are on the verge of a huge change. All of the timelines prove it. All of the events and signs prove it. And uh, with the queen passing away, that she represented the old ways of doing things. She represented the... uh, I guess one could call it the old program. And now we're heading in to a, a new program. And by the way, John, you mentioned trans, Transvenia. How did, how did you pronounce that? Transylvania. Trans, okay. Did any, do, do people realize that Prince, he's now King Charles, has close ties to that? Amazing. Uh, I did some research on Charles. (laughs) Uh, I think we're going to see some major big changes. He's already come out and said he's all for the World Economic Forum. He's all for the Great Reset. He's a very powerful individual. And, of course, remember Obama said the old ways don't work anymore. So uh, they're all getting set for this great big reset. And it's going to be not pleasant for the American people. And uh, I don't know what else to say about it. Getting back to this 411, uh, Red Elk said that some of these uh, so-called Bigfoot are, in fact, uh, travelers from other dimensions. They come here to visit. And that's why some people say they see them and then they all but vanish right in front of their face. Uh, What's your comment there? Well, you know, there, you'll have track lines that just vanish, too. So that makes sense. And there's a lot of times people find a footprint, and, it, you know, they may get three or four. They may only get one, and then they're at an area where there should be more footprints, and they're just gone. And if you uh, 
if you were to step around like somebody manipulating a uh, a hoax like Bigfoot shape or something, they would be leaving footprints in the mud. And there's none of that. Um, interesting story. I never knew why my sister was so uh, intent on me writing the Bigfoot novel when I was just going to do a short story. But I found out after the first book, um, her and her husband, they live in a, well, she passed away a couple of years ago, but they lived in White County, Arkansas. And they were the first ones up on this hill, small mountain, in that area there to buy property and build. And uh, one evening, one late afternoon, it was snowing really heavy, and she was making cookies with her granddaughters. And um, she looked out the window, the front window, and there was footprints across their lawn in the snow. And at this time, there was nobody else up on that mountain. So it kind of gave her the shivers, and she went in and closed the curtains. Denny worked for Missouri Pacific Railroad for 30 years, and so he comes home. He always works swing shift, and it's like 1, 15, 1.30 in the morning. Well, he sees the tracks, so he grabs a gun and a and a flashlight, and he's following. He said, you know, they were barefoot, barefoot, big barefoot tracks, and they went around their house, and they went right to the kitchen window over the sink in the kitchen, and they stopped. There wasn't any exit tracks. There wasn't any backtracking. They just stopped there. And it was as the thing walked up, looked in the window, and was gone. Wow. Well, you've had some experiences sort of like that with people in your area, Larry. You guys seem to have a very interesting area you're living in, kind of like Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Well, that's true, and and uh, <laughs> I guess John found that out when he came up here. Uh, yep. it, it's a very <laughs> we've even got a lake up here, you know, that I've shared before about uh, that has a mound, and uh, they call it Lake Nanawaya. And when I researched Nanawaya, that basically means a portal. Uh, really? Some of, there was actually yeah, there was a portal in uh, a lake by that name, I think, in. I want to say Kentucky or Tennessee, uh, where the Native Americans were too, and so usually uh, they associate. But it seems like Stuart, like you said, we sure seem to have a lot of portals in this area. Yeah, strange. It's kind of like that. Uh, what's that? Skinwalker Ranch out yeah. there, and you've got even uh, Indian tribes that have special police forces to deal with these so-called skinwalkers. Now, evidently, is this a possessing uh, thing where they are possessed by a demon and it takes over to the point where it can actually literally change form? Or what is going on there? What do you guys think about that? Because that's really real, and, and they do absolutely have these police forces that deal with strictly that. Go ahead, that John, because you've watched, you've watched more of those Navajo uh, videos yeah, than well, I have. Yeah, well, all I can say is um, there's, a, there's a weird thing about the skinwalker is a lot of the Native American tribes or the two that I know of, they don't like to talk about them. As far as I know, the Navajo and the Ute. And, um, in fact, when these guys uh, – give this part of their presentation, these two uh, Navajo rangers, 
about the things that happen while they've been on their police force, the uh, they'll they'll pause the moment and allow the uh, the Native Americans in the audience that don't want to be a part of it to leave because it's that upsetting to them. It's a, it's that big a thing to them, you know. So, um, I, I Stuart, I believe, but I don't know that it's kind of along the lines of a like a, the old werewolf tale, you know, mm-hmm. where um, the shaman or whatever can turn themselves into like a wolf or some other animal. But they have a weakness, if I remember right, that if you identify a skinwalker and you go to their home and tell I know what you are, they'll be dead in three days. Now, that's according to legend I heard listening to these uh, Navajo Rangers. And if anybody's interested out there, these guys cover uh, Bigfoot, UFOs, all kinds of paranormal stuff. They're actually... uh, uh, tribal police officers in the Navajo Nation, and um, they're like a special unit, and they deal with these kind of supernatural things. So Google Navajo Rangers, and there's about a hour-and-a-half, two-hour uh, interview of them, these two gentlemen. It's really interesting, the stuff they go over, very well-spoken, um, really brave guys. And, uh, yeah, it, it's worth your while to watch that if you can find it. Wow. Well. Well, again, paranormal. We know nothing. We know virtually nothing about a, a lot of this stuff that is going to start to come out right out into the open. I believe. What do you think, Larry? I think the last days are going to be filled with all kinds of this stuff and demonic oh, yeah. possessions. Well, absolutely. Uh, I'm beginning to wonder if we're not seeing that now in America that. That America basically appears to be turned over to a reprobate mind, as far as the government, anyway. And uh, a lot of this, and, and it's what's so strange. And I know you guys both have probably seen it. There's video, whether it's true, whether it's not, I don't know. But certain people, you know, Obama being one of them, that his video shows that uh, they're not quite human, if you will. There's oddities in. Their appearance, their appearance shifts and changes, and uh, reflections, and and uh, it's it's bizarre. But yeah, and there's a number of people that's been captured on on video exhibiting uh, like reptilian. Uh, just a moment, you, you only see it for a moment, but there's a, something changes in them. Well, they do say that the reptilians, and of course, people laugh at that, but. Uh, the uh, Re- book of Revelation speaks about Satan, that old serpent, reptilian. And uh, I know David Icke did an interview with a, uh, a shaman man. I, th- I can't remember where it was, Africa, somewhere. And he claimed that uh, these reptilians who walked erect uh, ruled. They ruled over that particular area. And it's in all their legends. So something is really weird going on. I wanted to kind of close. We have only a couple minutes left here. Dr. Sala had on someone claiming that a gigantic mother ships, plural, would start removing people from Earth to save them, basically, from the coming Earth changes. And the picture, of course, he displays in that is uh, tractor beams lifting people into the ship to be carried away. Now, I don't know if that's part of the fake rapture event, 
as a real rapture, the dead in Christ will be resurrected and the living will simply vanish into thin air. So I've warned people before, beware of anyone or any UFO that lands and attempts to take people. What's your comment on that, John and Larry? I'm not going. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I guess Travis Walton said the same thing, though. (laughs) But, uh, well, I would just um, rebuke them. I I think that's your... uh, best weapon in a case like that if people have the presence of mind to remember that but that seems to be the only thing that works in an abduction situation is people that have rebuked them in the name of jesus have actually brought the abduction process to us to a halt doing that so larry well i always fall back on that classic uh twilight Zone, I believe it was to serve man. It would. It turned out being a menu, yeah, a cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> Have and you guys watched that movie Fourth Kind by chance? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that I sat down and watched that all the way through. I think last week for the first time, and that that's kind of a weird, spooky movie. Only UFO movie that ever gave me the chills. I think that's real. I, I, uh, they present it as such, what, and I believe yeah. it is. Go ahead. Yeah, I think no, that was. I was just agreeing. Yeah, Stuart, I believe that the fourth kind was actually, it wasn't as much a movie as it was a documentary. Yes. And they had the video of the police officer who, who uh, watched these, cre- <laughs> these people in the house. And. Uh, uh, I feel sorry for the lady because nobody believed her. Uh, they don't believe. They can't get their minds open. And I guess my comment there is: if you're going to be a, a Christian, you better open your heart and you better open your mind, because the Bible is the most paranormal book it is uh, that's ever been handed to mankind. It is full of paranormal activity. It came from a different dimension. Uh, they've, scientists have mathematically now proved beyond any shadow of a doubt both Old and New Testaments were not written by humans. Uh, humans followed that, you know, you say, well, Peter said this. It's not Peter. It's Jesus Christ speaking through Peter. And the same goes for John and Paul and the rest of these people, unless they insert something that says to the otherwise and uh it's just people have to open their minds and hearts this this world that we live in is not the real truth as paul said it's what's behind everything we see feel hear touch is the real truth and there's a veil over the human mind a real bad veil it's uh i believe put there because of the fall and uh i don't know i think we're going to walk into something here that is beyond anything that we can recognize even yet john how do they get a hold of you and uh refresh us on the on the book after all we are okay relics three the uh 
final chapter of the Relic series will probably be out next month. Um, I know it's a little late, but had a couple little issues and wanted wanted to be as good as it can possibly be before it gets out there. Um, you can find my books and reach me at www.relicsbook.com. There you can order any three books I currently have out um, on any uh, any uh, version you want, whether it be hardback, paperback, or Kindle. Also, um, if you'd like to get in touch with me, there's an email link on that website, and that's www.relicsbook.com. Thank you. Well, good, good, and I hope they people will contact us. We have more and more people listening all the time, and we are being shadow banned. By the way, I don't want to forget to mention this. It's getting harder and harder for us to even email people. We're being locked out, and we're being locked out of a number of things. I'm having even trouble posting on uh, WordPress. Uh, the things just don't seem to work. And the two places where they don't work the most is, is our base unit, I guess one could call it, from whence we are then able to uh, post shows and, and uh, whatnot. So just be aware. And our phones, horrible phones, really. Um, people can call, I pick up, there's nobody there, nobody at all. Or uh, I can try and dial out. And it doesn't work. So I believe personally we're under shadow ban, and uh, the time has come and is coming rapidly where we cannot work, where we cannot share. It'll be illegal, and there will be Bible burnings and all that. Biden and the rest of these people hate Jesus Christ. And uh, it's just too bad that uh, they've chosen the route they've chosen, but I guess that's it. Larry, any final word? Well, I just tell people, keep the faith. We may be tested even more. Yeah, I think so. Thanks a lot, John, for coming on. Thanks, Larry. Thank you so much. uh, Always a pleasure. Okay. Take care, everyone. Heads up.